Air 6, I'm running around catching my breath, so uh, why don't you uh, listen to some music, and then from there I'll be right back with you shortly. Right on, right on, and uh, hopefully we can actually make this thing work. Usually, you know, it's like me with the uh, record players and stuff, but uh, try it out. Coming down from the mountain, I have seen the high and mighty, I will go again someday, but for now I'm coming down, coming down from the mountain, I have seen the lofty glory, I will go again someday, but for now I'm coming down. Yes, it was. Coming down. Coming down. It's actually like only half the song. It's like a 20 second break there, and then they go into another tune there. And it's uh, just it's it something else, I tell you. It is just. Tell you what, kids. Something the kids are out. listening to. Huh? Um, I don't know. When did that come out? That's like 94, dude. That's uh, older than your kids, but. What was it 94? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they'd both be put on board. Get it, right? Holy crap. I know, right? It's the end of the show. It is the end of the show. We're, we're wrapping it. We're calling it a wrap. Thanks. Rap party starts now. Woo! Man, that was a rough one. Boom. Blow it up. Again. So next weekend, uh, George will be flying solo because I will be out. So. Call in and harass George. And weekend after that, we have a music comedy festival. So I will be back in three weeks. George will be back probably next week, unless he, like, burns the place down. You, know, you don't even know. You're not coming back. You realize that. Yeah, I could be incarcerated. I could be. Could be. I could be a lottery winner. There's a lot of things going to happen. you buy a lottery ticket? You could be a lottery winner. Bus. Yeah, you know, buy my lottery ticket. Yeah. Wouldn't this be great? Ah, <laughs> oh, we did win. Mm. One of my yeah. friends did play a lottery ticket with, um, he played with one of those scratch off games. He'd get winners and then put them aside when he was laid off between jobs. He'd go cash them in for cigarettes. That's what I'm thinking, right? Yeah, except if he just kept the money, he would have had more money. He could have just put that in a jar and he would have had that tucked away and would have been more. Yeah. Couldn't look better. Or not. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> the odds of winning are so small. Oh, no, he used to scratch off tickets, so he won every once in a while. The odds are so small. Oh, they are. I, I'm with you. It was I mean, I voted for it. Money I voted for it back in the day because I thought a lot more money was going to go to the schools, but it's like it turns out it's like 1% at that. It's, it's like... Guys are getting rich off the lottery. I'm not. So far. Yeah. They're invest- you ever hear about those guys? Their investors that are making money. The guys that win it burn up all the money and then they won it again. It's happened like once or twice. I know one was in Chicago. Yeah. It's like some people are just destined, destined to do that cycle, right? Uh, you hear people that actually, you know, they made their money and then they lost it all. And then they made their money and they lost it all. And they're, you know, they're like, what, the what, what are they doing? What an uproar coaster. Right? It's got to be like bipolar or something, right? Because for like six months you have this crazy drive and then the other six months you're depressed and you can't leave your bedroom. <laughs> I don't know, man. Huh. Yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing how it's it goes. It's a weird life, people. man. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. 
the rags to riches is a pretty scary thing when he goes back to rags. I mean, technically, they're all stories. I don't know anybody that's happened to, so. Won a lottery? No, me neither. No, or like made made a shit ton of money doing, you know, one specific thing and then lost it all and then did something else completely different and fucking made another mint. Yeah, you know, I've watched one of my friends used to be like, uh, tried different quick schemes and like he did concrete and just, uh, Yeah, just so you know, I caught that. We are. <laughs> Welcome to Racers Alley at Mini Radio. And uh, right now we're listening to Jake Band. And uh, yeah, we'll be uh, getting back to you shortly. And tonight we're going to actually actually have uh, Armin Powell Croft here. He's a great uh, desert racer. And uh, you know, we're having a bunch of fun. And uh, we'll have some great tales as far as that goes. And, uh, you know, it's a beautiful night here in the Mission at Mini Radio. And thank you again for Pamtastic for always having us here. And uh, we usually, uh, you know, she usually runs a show on uh, from 8 to 10 on Fridays, uh, Pamtastic's uh, Comedy Clubhouse. If uh, you want to see some aspiring comedians, it's a great time to come out and enjoy the time. So anyways, uh, boy, oh boy, let me get my stuff back together and we'll be back shortly and uh, hopefully without having the uh, background noise on the music, right? So uh, enjoy Jay Gal's band and uh, see you soon. Hear you, hey, oh, see you soon. <laughs> Yeah, we were just all laughing about that last episode. But yeah, uh, well, it's as who we are here at uh, Racers Alley, and uh, enjoy the music.
Cage in the Cage. Here you are. Welcome to Racer's Alley and uh, slowly but surely getting our shit together here. And uh, wow, in the heart of the mission at Meany Radio. And it's a beautiful, beautiful evening. And uh, the nights are getting longer, and which means the lights staying out more. And it's a great time sometimes. Uh, if you have a place you can actually go after work, you can actually, like, uh, you know, go riding, which is uh, when I lived in the East Bay, that was a really cool thing, Redwood Road, and, uh, you know, uh, go up to the wall, enjoy the view, and all the camaraderie out there, you know, there are places where you can actually go riding, and um, after work, you know, get away from it all, which is wonderful. So, we're going to have a great evening here tonight, uh, we got Wade coming in, as usual, and uh, Harmon Powellcroft here is a racer down south, and it's going to be great having the uh, good old tales of what it takes to actually be a rally car racer, which would be wonderful uh, you know, stories out there. So, uh, welcome to Racers Alley here at Meany Radio. We'll be back to you shortly, and uh, let's see if we can actually make the music work this time. You are. All right. Enjoy some minute work, and uh, we'll be back with you shortly. Yo 
that it was me But I wake in fright I realize I can see it in your eyes I've only got myself to blame
Welcome back to Racers Alley, and uh, I believe we just had minute work on, <laughs> and I'm still learning how to use the studio. After I guess we were just talking, actually, Armin asked us, uh, "Wait, and I, how long we've been here?" And boy, I think it's been six months or so. So that's interesting. Anyhow, uh, it's a uh, welcome here to Meet Any Radio in the heart of the mission. It's a beautiful evening, and thank you, Pam Tastic. You know, without her and running this station, you know, uh, we wouldn't be here. And there's a bunch of shows here. You can always check in and uh, check out Meet Any Radio and. Uh, there's, there's like everyone has a show throughout the hour of the week of the day and all types of all types of uh, interesting subjects as well as uh, music and such. Anyhow, uh, boy, Racers Alley tonight. Uh, well, what's new? Uh, we did open the new shop over at Tokyo Moto. We are now on 50 Taharo, and everything's going well that way. And uh, want to thank those guys as sponsors as well. And uh, let's see what else is new. Uh, well, uh, AFM. I wanna, really want to give a shout out to those guys because they've been really uh, great and just started racing myself there. And I always want to thank the turn workers and uh, the whole organization to make it work, you know, because without them, actually, we don't have any place to uh, race, you know. I mean, uh, I think, Wade, you have an Armour race coming up soon yep. over at Willow Springs. Uh, Armour and SRA West, hopefully. Yeah, uh, Willow, I think, at the end of uh, end of the month. Yeah. yeah, Willow Springs. Yeah, which is really cool. I mean, that's my favorite track, even though I haven't been out there in a million years. I always love Willow Springs. It's like, uh, I totally total two bikes there so i have a i have a reckoning out there you know but uh yeah turn two has always been a funny one for me but uh anyhow i love that track and it's gonna be great you're taking your sidecar uh, i hope so that was kind of the plan but christine's got to run off to germany a minute so i asked her this morning and i never got an answer uh, what are we doing well you can um, take mr eric yeah so there, yeah it's it's down to reality and finances and everything but yeah that's in the plan we're supposed to run the sidecar and the moto guzzi okay um, nice so i got a two-wheeler um well it's armor so the guzzi will be good to get its legs out because uh if you don't armor armin uh, uh welcome to our show by the way thank you very much yard yard uh wade had this uh, moto guzzi built up what year was it exactly for our listeners we're calling it in a 1980 it was built out of parts it was not a motorcycle Wow. Well, somewhere I guess it was, but we got a we got a built out of parts. We built a we bought a kit from Ed Millich. He built a motor um, up like twenty horsepower from what he normally does or whatever. He's got a chassis kit, and well, then I a had big name, yeah. Yeah, and then I had Rich Daniels, my sponsor, actually build it. So it was built for the Manx GP, um, but we got to break it in, and go get it running, and get it a reputation and get them over not giving me an entry for a while (laughs) so that bike was built because hopefully they'll want to see it over there at the manx gp it should qualify and i mean uh, you mentioned it was yeah it was built to their rules but it was born at daytona we did willow springs miller and now we did uh phillip island Oh, whoa. Okay, so that's been really a Philip as well. At, yeah, we did really Arr. good at Philip Island. I'm going to say now it's like twice as fast as it was yesterday. 
Uh, Those guys are in trouble. <laughs> That's Ru- good. Ru- so it's Russ, a seasoned bike now. Yeah, yeah, Russ, if you're yeah. listening, you're in trouble. Your Suzuki's going to see a goosey go motoring by. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, uh, well, uh, hopefully we'll give a shout-out to uh, the wearer, the SRA West, and uh, they're going to be out there at the end of the month. Yeah. We're at Willow Springs, which is awesome. You know, I mean, uh, right now, you know, we all uh, we all appreciate uh, right now it's the start of the racing season. And I think right now, uh, let's see, uh, April 13th and 14th are going to be the AFM races as well as the new rider school. They're going to be at Button Willow Raceway, which is awesome. You know, so uh, good time to get out and watch and support your local racers. Uh, you know, yeah. everything's going. The 20th of April is a super motard at Sears Point. No kidding. Or, or Sonoma. And I'm sure Lodi's starting Sears up. Point. Everybody's <laughs> starting up. Whatever you're into. Yeah, it really is cool. Grab you know, your toy and go play with go it. Go out and have some fun. You know, uh, talking about fun, you know, uh, Armand, introduce yourself. I'm Armand Croft, um, class five racer in the desert down in Baja, usually. I'm glad to be here with you guys. Yeah, that, that's a buggy, right? Yeah. yeah well, I mean, uh, it's, picture. it's a it's a it's a Volkswagen. But I mean, when you say class five, I mean, you, you are. You know, Wade, you had this doom buggy in the back and a Volkswagen engine. At one point, we were getting together. But uh, number one, um, you know, he just like says, "I'm a desert racer." To be a desert racer, you have to be a true badass. I mean, it's just incredible uh, what you have to overcome and such. I mean, uh, so uh, that that being said, also Armin's been a big motorcycle part of the motorcycle community here so i mean he's a name not to be you know uh you know he's got a rep dude he knows how to wheelie he knows how to go crazy and he goes really 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 fast <laughs> so you know i didn't know this you know until like really when you started doing harm and uh it was like a few years ago all of a sudden i just saw your pictures and you're really out there i mean did you just start this after years of motorcycling no, what's, what's your history for years and years i mean i've been sunday morning ride with you probably 20 years ago yeah I, I, I understand the motorcycling you know and oh, you mean the car thing? The car thing. I mean, I've known you as a motorcycle badass forever. And I mean, how do you turn from a motorcyclist all of a sudden uh, desert racing? And what type of racing is that? It, it, all, it all sort of ties together anyway. I think we all want to go fast, you know. And then, uh, you know, in the city, you can't really do the desert racing as much. I mean, I've always had Baja bugs and sand rails and stuff like that. And when I was a little kid, you know, I always just saw the Baja 1000 going by. And it was just always one of my dreams since I was a little kid. Yeah, ooh. Yeah, like, ooh, exactly. We sit there <laughs> exactly. in the dust not being able to see anything but you'd hear them go by you know it was, it was just awesome when i was a kid and that's back when they were pretty much you know stock bugs and a little bit beefed up but now the technology's gotten so nice you know i've built a lot of volkswagens but this this car i have now and it's not even like super top notch but it's you know it's a nice car but it's you know full tube frame the only thing really volkswagen on is just the body clips on it's a tube frame with a chevy 2.4 liter double overhead cam you call it an ecotech engine it puts out about 200 horsepower, wow. 200 oh, pounds of torque. Oh, you got a real motor, not just a Volkswagen yeah. motor. And the liquid cool makes it you know a lot better for the desert. You don't have to yeah. cool it, you know, warm it up and cool it down as much. Nice. And it's got a little Mendiola transmission in it, which are really really beefy. And uh, and the amount of travel they're getting out of them now, even for a beam car, which instead of an A arm car, um, it's pretty decent. You know, we probably get 13, 14, 15 inches out of the front and probably 18 out of the back. Wow, that's pretty good. So I mean, as far as that goes. Um, you started racing and you upgraded uh, obviously uh, to very nice equipment i mean um, what 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 uh, uh 
club are you with or what organization and do they have it regularly like they would up here afm there's or? a few different um sanctioning bodies and basically the top the top guys are in score which is really score. expensive yeah southern california off-road enthusiasts i believe it is okay. they, do, they do the baja 1000 that san felipe 250 stuff like that most of most of the south of the border races are them okay <clears throat> um there's also more and there's Snore, which are both real similar. <laughs> Snore, they kind of, more and they're, Snore. They're also like Southern yeah, Nevada right, off-road brothers. enthusiasts, <laughs> Mojave off-road enthusiasts. And then there's Best in the Desert also. Up here, there used to be one called Voro, which was, uh, I can't remember, Vehicle Off-Road you know, Association or something. And they did a lot of stuff Vato. out of Prairie City, and they did stuff in, in, in Nevada. Okay. You know, but I think... I think they're just starting back up, but they're a little. They've been out for a little while, so but I'd be real happy to race up here as well. So you think? Um, do you see your fellow racers all? Uh, they all overlap. So if you're racing an organization, you see your fellow compatriots like, "Hey, man, you on this one too?" Yeah, kind of our, our, the class five guys. Is, it's pretty tight knit group, really. And then when you, yeah, okay. because it's a, it's a sort of a nostalgia class. Because I mean, you can rent, run the same car. That's got the our. Basically, our Achilles heel is having a beam front end, which is limited to Volkswagen-style front end. You know, you can only get so much travel out of those, whereas the A-arm cars get a lot more travel. They're getting 24 inches. And then also, you know, the wheelbase on a, on a Class 5 car is only 105 inches. And so you start hitting whoops in a 105-inch car, you better not to drive. Wow. Okay. Um, so that being said, I mean, how, what, what are your speeds uh, top uh, on a dirt road out there? Some of the guys are hitting over 100 miles an hour. My wow. car, the way it's geared now with the size tires I'm running, it's good for about, it's probably good, like wrapped all the way up, maybe 85, 90. Wow. And that's that's a lot. I mean, people, yeah, you, you have to understand, especially folks. In the dirt. I mean, yeah, especially in the dirt. And in 105 wheel like, inch wheelbase, it's yeah. a lot. <laughs> and if you folks want to see the pictures, I'm going to put a couple up on uh, Racer's Alley on Facebook Books. So. So, yeah, you, it's a wonderful-looking rig, man. Yeah, thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, that's very, very cool, you know. And it's like, uh, yeah, so as far as right now, I believe you, you've been doing really well. Yeah, the first race we broke, and then uh, the second race we just did last month, we actually won. Got first place. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Awesome. Yay. Congratulations. And this Steve. is all there just in my car. You know, I've done some racing before, mostly in trucks and stuff like that. Okay. And part so of somebody else's organization, you know. I was going to ask you about that, because I've seen you in other vehicles. So, I mean, obviously, at some point, someone took you on to do other uh, take their rigs out what happened was i mean like i said i've been dreaming about it since i was a little kid we have been going awesome. on baja for 45 years you no know 40 kidding. plus years yeah watching, watching, the, watching the whole thing yeah and i was kind of wanting that so you know i built baja bugs and dune buggies and whatever and uh and i turned 50 and i just said man if i'm not going to do it I'm, now i'm not going to do it you know so i just wow. went out and pursued it actively no kidding cool. yeah, yeah that's awesome your move. that's that's how come <laughs> all of a sudden i saw the change yeah I mean, well i mean you usually know i've seen you on bikes and everything but all of a sudden you were somewhere else doing something completely different well, it was one of those things i was always in the back of my mind and it was always kind of like yeah i'll get around to it i'll get around to it and then it's like yeah. 50 years old all of a sudden if you're not going to do it now you're not going to write the great american novel you know exactly <laughs> i just lost that's 10 years right. of my life thinking the same thing and it was like oh no but, yeah. you you know, and all of a sudden, it's 10 years later, you haven't been on a bike and everything's, you're going backwards. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, wow. who knows, you know, we, we cross our fingers for our health and everything. And I'm in good health, luckily. And But, you know, you yeah, never know yeah, in 10, yeah, 15 yeah. years. So. Well, you have the dream and you're pursuing it, which is really awesome. It's true. You know, and uh, the, the pictures are great. And that, that's, you know, you just won your last race, even though you, you know, most of us, yeah, cool races are really humble. How'd you do? I just won. But anyways, um, yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, right now. 
do you live here? Do you live over? Uh, I live in San Francisco, out in the sunset. But uh, I've been keeping my. uh, What happened was when we were doing the Nora 1000 last year, the Class Seven, which is a small Ranger with uh, modified suspension and coilover shocks and everything, Hmm. and uh, this is like a group out of San Felipe. Some guys that I met and people I know, and they, you know, I. I got into a, this, this race that I won this year. I raced last year in that truck. Wow. And, uh, and okay. We so got second. But uh, anyway, and then I went to do the Nora with them, and I met this really great guy named Josh on the trip. He was part of our team, and we just clicked right away. And then once uh, one of the drivers blew up the truck, we uh, you know, we tried to we spent 18 hours trying to get a new motor and put it in and everything, and just had <laughs> you know it was too late at that point. Uh, but. A friend of mine down in Laredo had a class five car that he was willing to sell. And we went and looked at it and we were like, we got to get that car, you know? (laughs) And then I actually found a better one up here in the Bay area, which was really trippy. You know, that is weird. I know because you never see that stuff for sale up here. And I think that's probably why I got such a good deal. If he just sold it down there, he probably got a lot more money for it. But anyway, so, uh, he, he, he's been coming racing with me ever since I started, you know, I got the car, we went through it a little bit, went out to uh, Lucerne Valley on one of the more snow races, the Lucerne three, and where, where some, is that? Uh, Southern California? Yeah, it's kind of Apple Valley area. Like where okay, the, the, the I, I King of the Hammers, Valley, Johnson Valley, you know, like that yeah. area by Victorville. Wade and so I went cool. out there to pick up a rig one time, and I was out there to. So there's a super motorcard track out there. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of racing culture out there. I mean, yeah, they, exactly. They, there's this BLM land out there, and they pretty much have something going on, like, you know, every other weekend, it seems like. Nice. But uh, yeah. we, anyway, we had some power steering problems and uh, took the car back apart and chased it down and then josh and i met up down for in san felipe for this uh desert mayhem race and we go to go to test the car out everything's all adjusted right and we get to the qualifying and there's power steering fluid all over the floor again yeah and we, we had that smell in our minds from the last day oh man yeah. <laughs> and so a buddy of mine races class five he says come over to the house and uh you know you can take all the stuff off my car if you need to, whatever. And so well, over there, racer help, cool. you know, yeah. And I'd replaced servos and this, that, and the other. And then we realized it was just the hose was cracking right next to the servo. No. So <laughs> we got 30 feet of hose, wrapped it up in front of the car, put a barb on it, and then just ran. And like, you know, I don't know, 20 miles in the race, it popped. We just got out, cut it off, put the barb in, hose clamped it, and kept going. <laughs> and did it twice during the race. Wow. And I have to say that a lot of the off-road stuff is not as, it's not as competitive. I mean, it is very very competitive but as far as speed speeds go a lot of it's you know there's a lot of attrition in these races yeah so you know what i mean it's not like you guys go across the finish line one two three it's like if to fit i mean to win you have to finish exactly big part of it so wow like this last race me winning was uh probably wasn't the fastest time on the track but i mean you know you finished you <laughs> first. Yeah, exactly. well you actually finished i mean and, and yeah, now that's that. i won my class not the entire wasn't overall well, there's also you know there's always is that uh word luck involved you know uh, luck in racing and luck in surviving <laughs> there's always that one out there hanging over your shoulder but uh you know this time it worked out wonderfully and boy, yeah, oh boy. it's also it's also good to have that trophy you know and just like oh yeah, yeah. yeah. you get that first first place and it's kind of like okay now let's go to work you boy know? oh boy you know that's wonderful i mean congratulations and Thank yeah you so much. it makes everything so much worth it you know i was like uh, you know, a lot of times you're just sweating to get there and just get everything done and you know just finish and know? these are long races you know i mean this was even a short so one. what this does was, that mean uh, these are only 200 mile race but i mean two, you know, only 200 we, miles. we left it 
I think noon or, or twelve thirty, and we didn't get back till six o'clock. You know, seven o'clock after it was dark. I mean, wow. Yeah, it's like it, it, it was brutal. Once it, tr- well, brutal is a good word because all you're doing is getting beat up on the roads. Yeah? And the trophy trucks go through. It was two different races really because the first lap was pretty sweet and we were going pretty fast, and the second lap after all the trophy trucks went through, it was just with those forty inch tires. They just put these whoops in the road, and I mean, there's not much you can do. You know, it's like you know, you try and skate over the top, but it's like you just beat the car so badly. Yeah. So you know, there's only so fast you can go. But anyway. well, also, I mean, you also gotta. There's there's something to be said about like after everything, your last lap is the hardest because you just want to finish and they, don't break bike, don't break bike or car as well. I mean, exactly. so you can't really. Um, you don't really necessarily want to totally wear it out by flooring it. I mean, are you pacing yourself to a certain extent? Yeah, there's or? a rhythm that the car kind of falls into, like however you build the car. I mean, you can build the car really stiff, you know, so it'll just take anything almost, or you can set it up a little softer so that it, you know, conforms better gotcha. and it keeps the tires on the ground a little bit more. It's, it's kind of it's kind of tough. And to tell you the honest truth, I'm sort of, I just had my shocks redone and I'm sort of at the softer stage right now. Yeah, and keeping my tires on the ground. But I think that there's a notch up. You know, where you tighten yeah. everything up and you it, just float across. When the you top. go, it's yeah. like motorcycle. Once yeah. you're fast, right. your suspension is hard. Right, exactly. Because then you're going fast enough to actually so, actuate it. You know. Or, yeah, you know. and like I say, I mean, this is you know, I got forty hours, maybe thirty hours behind the seat of this car, so we'll see. Nice. Yeah. I mean, each time you go out, I'm sure it's development. Uh, you're taking notes. I mean, uh, learning, like you mentioned. I mean. Bet you next couple when you get faster, you're gonna harden the suspension. And a lot of this is uh, my partner Josh Gilliam. You know. I mean, it's my car, my team, whatever, but he's... Uh, but, uh, Josh a, is the person in you. See, that's another thing I was going to ask you, is that you, you have two people in your car. What does that mean exactly? It's, it's kind of like rally raid in a way. You know, you have a guy that's basically, you have a GPS unit, uh, okay. a Lawrence screen on the on, in the dashboard, and okay. it, it tells you kind of where you're going and whatnot, and it marks out hazards and whatnot. And you can also pre-run and then mark those things into your own Lawrence file. So, like, you know, if there's something that fucks with your car, pardon me, uh, messes with your car particularly... Let's say like a big, you know, cattle crossing or who knows. Yeah. But, so basically you have kind of like a, all of us listeners. I mean, we've never, you know, think about this. Uh, you're explaining to us that this is, is this adventure and the cockpit. When you say the Lorenz style, are you talking like a video screen? Like yeah, an I am a pad. It's a screen and it's just it has basically maps overlaid with with your race file which you know lays out in a blue line and so okay. hopefully the race line you know lines over matches shows exactly, you are, exactly. where you are and what to do exactly we had an issue last hey, year you're supposed anyway. to hang a left right, right exactly <laughs> but uh and so the helmets a- are you know plumbed for cold air so you have two inch vacuum hose coming in with a big filtered air pump and wow then, and then you have uh, communications which are just talk to trigger the intercom and you're speaking to your partner so even in a loud wow. car with no windshield you know open pipe i mean you can hear perfectly wow. no kidding because you wear you know there's a skirt that goes around the bottom of the helmet so no dust gets in and it's wow. actually pretty comfortable believe it or not yeah 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 because the environment is like i guess the <laughs> easiest way to put it is hostile it is hostile and yeah without right. a helmet like whenever i take the car just on a fun drive around yeah. portocitos or something like you realize how loud and gnarly it is without the helmets yeah you and, are and your course is not smooth like our pavement road races right <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah sure you got bumps and holes 
and er- everything imaginable out there. Yeah, yeah it's you a, just bounce it on everything. The, the <laughs> hardest, Head over as fast as you can. Is uh, the, the big gnarly volcanic rock stuff? Wow. Yeah, it just it doesn't get worn in like a road. It just stays the same. You know, gotcha. Usually roads kind of so, get worn in, and then once the trophy uh-huh. trucks go through with the big tires, they really tear stuff up because they go so fast, and they just set up a rhythm with the suspension, and so it gets this you know like these three foot deep holes that are two three feet apart. And it just, you know, that just beats the hell out of you. So the trophy bum, trucks bum, really bum, uh, bum, lay, a, bum, lay a, they take its toll on whatever path you're absolutely, doing. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you are. So and, for, for those of you that don't know out there. What about your body? Yeah. Um, you're oh, strapped yeah. in so tight. And you got, you know, I got a good double layer suit on. And I'm a little on the chubby side anyway, so I'm squeezed in there pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, you just tighten your stuff down until you can't breathe. And then. You're just concentrating. Yeah. And basically, you know, you have a Hans, right. Hans device type thing on your shoulders that keep your head from snapping. Forward, all the yeah, gear, okay. Yeah, you got to have all the gear, and uh, you know, it makes a difference. I drive in Converse, you know, and I don't wear gloves, but some people do. Okay, you know. interesting. Uh, and uh, meaning your shoes are the Converse, yeah, because you mean, want to have nice, uh, I mean, you uh, go out buy two hundred dollar uh, Sparkos, but I tell you the honest truth, they're just like Converse, my uh, leather Converse, yeah, so. and my Alpha, I like my Vans, right. so <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. And, and also, the foot box on these cars is fairly small. I mean, you know, that's what I imagined. Yeah, very you tight. You're not you know? wearing big old boots in there. You'll be, you know, it's hard to blip your throttle and stuff. You know, when you're using yeah. three yeah. pedals with two feet. Yeah. yeah and um, that being said, you know, uh, when we get back soon, let's take a little bit of a break here. And um, yeah, let's talk about uh, actually what your gearbox and the internals. Uh, let's talk about how that goes. I mean, you watch NASA uh, NASCAR stuff and you see they're they're double shifting at Sears Point. You know, you can see their foot, oh, yeah. da- their feet dancing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that'll be very interesting uh, to hear about good, exactly how it, you know, uh, the controls and the mechanism that way are, you know. <laughs> so thank you, Armand and uh, Wade. We'll be back shortly and uh, listen to some Jay Giles. Cheers.
Oh, yeah. Mr. Armand's just uh, talking about, you know, I tried to start racing a couple of years ago, and, you know, you have these overheating problems of gremlins in motorcycles, and some just don't go away. You do everything, 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 and something, it's just like it's still going on, you know? So it's, it's interesting how sometimes uh, mechanical things can have little ghosts in the machine. Have well, you ever what, run across those? <laughs> what's funny about that is sometimes you think, like, if, if somebody were to bring me a motorcycle and say, like, this, these are the symptoms, you know, I would look at it from a completely pr- objective point of view and say, oh, well, this is where I would start with this, this, and this. But if it's your own bike and you know the situation it happened in, like one time I got this gas from this guy in a 7-Up bottle, like you know, 50 <laughs> miles south of San, San Felipe, and I, I was so convinced that this XT wouldn't run right because of some shit in the gas, I went through that carb five times, you know. And it's like, and finally I'm doing the float pole adjustment, I'm doing this, I'm that, and the other. I did the valves, you know, total basic ABC stuff, and the thing ran perfect. And it, was yeah. like, it was like, yeah. I would shut the fuel off on the freeway, and it would you run perfect assume. for like three seconds, and I was convinced <laughs> that that was the you know, carburetor. Yeah. If somebody uh, brought me the bike, I'd have looked at it objectively, just done the basics. Exactly. Stuff. I've done the same thing. You, Oh, yeah, it's just a simple thing, and then you're just, your logic is actually completely wrong. You <laughs> because, know, and you're yeah. stubbornly just or you going, just, just you that. continue you know? to believe this one thing because yeah, you remember exactly. the situation. <laughs> and you always and look at it from an to not work. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. It's like, oh, well, no, it's the battery. No, it's everything. It's the valves, dude. Yeah, yeah right now my R1's a little little sketchy, and I think it's a clutch. Everyone thinks it's a shifter forks, you know, but I ride it. I can feel the thingy going all weird in the clutch, but uh, it drops yeah. out of gear, and, you know, way and I've been around R1s long enough, the 99s, you know, so it's just like, you know, uh, if I were a betting man, I'd bet all of you that say it's the gearbox, like 20 bucks each on a $100 bet, and then, you know, I was like, bet you it's the clutch, but that's just me, you know. <laughs> yeah, you do. But I mean, after you spend a lot of time with any machine, you actually do feel it through the bars. I mean, you you know, you feel yeah. you feel the little yeah. noises, you feel the little ticks. You, you know, you kind of you get, know them. Yeah, exactly. You know? And uh, Wade just yeah. got this. Uh, you saw it beautiful because when Armin got here up front earlier, guys, uh, my listeners, uh, we actually uh, had. Uh, anyways, welcome back to Racers Alley here at the Mutiny Radio in the heart of the mission. Yeah, here's where you are. So, anyways, out front when I got in here earlier, um, I saw a black CBR 1000. I assumed it was Wade. Actually, I thought it was Robbie because Robbie, motor tire guy, he's not here tonight, sold it to Wade. And Wade's been riding that since. And a beautiful, beautiful bike. And actually, Armin, yours is just of the next generation. But I've always loved that year of bike because of the Falcon look. And also, it's just minimalistic and uh wade's been mentioned lately it's like it's a it's a different machine you know you know your machines i mean do you consider that bike wade considers his linear like a sewing singer that's know? exactly what i told wade when i said it's like a sewing machine i mean the yeah. thing it just actually to tell you the truth i've been riding a lot of these old classic bikes in 92 ducatis and i mean yeah with like the newest bike i had i think was a multi-strata you know what i mean like a 2005 or something you know yeah someone and, paid you to ride that yeah, yeah. <laughs> and actually i was gonna sell it for a friend and i ended up with it but anyway um and so riding this bike once i got on this bike i was like this is like cheating you know what i mean i didn't realize how hard i was working and the thing is so it does everything so right instantaneous and and on a side note i picked up a ktm 690 supermoto about two three years ago 
And once I started riding those two bikes, I realized I went through my entire stable and sold everything, my whole quiver. I sold all my XTs, all my ATKs. I sold pretty much everything. No kidding. Because, I mean, I just, that's I'm not going to ride a bike that's got 35. That's a collection that you just mentioned. You know, I'm not going to ride a bike that's got 35 or 40 horsepower anymore. Because, you, you know, that KTM puts out 70, 72 or something. And it's just so sweet. But you sold all your old bikes. It's just like, oh, yeah, I, I can just buy these two. back I, on, you know, I just, I mean, I remember riding Robbie's bike, his XR, and going, oh, this thing's pretty smooth, you know. And then I got that KTM, and I rode it for like six months, and I rode his bike again, and I was like, what a pile of shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, yeah. you, get used to it. you get used to faster bikes, and it's hard. Yeah, you can't go back. Truly, you know? truly. It's hard to go uh, back. And then in a mini yeah, bike. you can't go down. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I just bought an XR100 like, for my girlfriend, and it's like, and riding that thing's kind of fun down in Mexico, because it's like, you know, riding around in flip-flops and shit. But well, they teach <laughs> racers how to race on oh, those I know. things. I, know. I, I mean, that's a respectable motorcycle to, to, as far as motorcycles go. Absolutely. Yeah, if awesome. you're good, they will wheelie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you can wheelie anything with a good clutch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'm not the best wheelier, but I know you boys are. A good friend of yeah. mine, Stuart Stratton, <clears throat> he, his dream was actually to race, you know, in AMA and whatnot. Yeah. He, did, he was actually doing very, very well in 600 Supersport. And he bought a place. He's, he actually ended up with a dream job. He was a, a ROV operator for the Monterey Aquarium. He's a diver buddy of mine. Nice. And, uh, and he actually bought a piece of property in Monterey and set up one of those little XR100 tracks and had a bunch of those little XR100s. Ooh, yeah. And then so he started doing really, really well. And then unfortunately, he was killed in Daytona uh, oh. in 600. A track worker walked out on the track or something and, oh, killed, and they man. both died. This probably no kidding. 10, 15 years ago, but Boy, really, really good awful. guy. Yeah, nice we are. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and he had just sort of gotten his dream. You know, he's like running, yeah. diving, and you know, doing his doing his dream. He really yeah. has a piece. That's a bummer. He's uh, taking somewhere else. You know, we had that happen over at the Isle when we were there a couple of years. When I was there, in 04 and R five, and everyone died in 04 and 05. And it was just like at one point, you know, two turn workers and then two racers, and then you know, one saw her rather than oh, the other, and the racer was the racer for the magazine and saw us. But yeah, it's just like tragedy, you know. It's like. Yeah, I knew everybody on that one. Yeah, yeah. boy, oh really, boy. going really fast. Rough. Stuff happens. Truly, truly, truly. You know, but, uh, but, but you were, you uh, were, that being said, living your dream and not going to war and and doing terrible stuff. Exactly. That being said, you know, when Wade and I, uh, we we've done the Alaman a couple of times. He's done it a million times. Actually, uh, we're a proper number of times. I was just bragging about your ZX9 the other day. I was like, oh yeah. I was like, how many ZX9, times? ZX9. What a what a how what many a times bike. did it do that? It finished 12 TTs. 12 TTs. I was telling him like nine. I'll tell him again because a boy brought in the other day a really pristine one in the green. You know, you know, you're complete. This bike's perfect, dude. No, I'll tell you, this bike has done this many TTs. Said nine, twelve. Yeah, proper bike, and that's the thing. If you do, if you have a really solid machine, and you take care of it. I mean, you, yeah, there's a yeah. difference. Uh, you don't have to. Well, people say they have to have the newest thing to survive, but I mean, you can have something. I have a '99 R1 right now in a 2000. Uh, Five ZX six three six, which Wade, your friend, uh, 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 sponsored me. That thing's doing great. Uh, Scott just did the valves. Scotty did the valves. That thing will lift. I just got to get used to it. It's the first time I went out racing on it. You know, it's just like got to learn your machine, and then from there. Well, well when I say on, new machines, too, you got to take that with a grain of salt because I'm like Mister, like the newest stuff I ever had was like eighty five ninety. That's what I'm saying. You know I mean, so, like to me, that years. CBR is super yeah. new. It's a two thousand eight. Yeah. Our machines are twelve all years not old. New, you know, <laughs> you know I mean, uh, doesn't matter what yeah. year it is or what it is, what color, whatever. Everything. Hopefully, it's purple. 
But, yeah, you got to learn your machine and then learn what you can do with it. The sidecar is the same kind of thing. You got to learn it. Sidecar, you got two people, the car, and the course. And then you put another rig, another team involved. And yeah, it's totally like chess and yeah, it's dynamite. And I think basically, I mean, I don't know, for me, I've just noticed that why was Keith Richards such a badass guitarist? He carried it everywhere. I mean, they go to go to sleep with that thing in his lap. They go party, he'd have it in his lap. You know, you. I think seat time is key. You know what I mean? You can't. Yep. You can only go so fast exactly. with so many hours. But well, you, you know, you have ten thousand hours or something, or five thousand yeah. hours on a bike. You're going to be fast. I mean, yep, yep. If, well, that's, uh, if that's your dream, that's what you're going to do, and you're going to keep watching the people that are faster and learning, and you just keep learning and learn how to keep that throttle on. And you survive. I mean, I've, I've been in situations where it's like every single bit of forty years of riding has come into play, and you're skipping you both wheels, you bounce are, over man. a median, and yeah. miss a car. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, ooh, you know. But I mean, less okay. experience, you can't pull that stuff off. Uh, let's uh, right. let's let's step back for a second, Armin. You are. You know, because I've written about this before as well as, I mean, we've all experienced it, but there comes a point where you have to actually put all your goddamn experience in your life here right now. Exactly. It's like, we've never been in battle, but you think of yourself with an airplane and a whole World War II fucking fighter shit, you know, it's like, when I was at the aisle, boy, oh boy, you know, every fucking turn was crazy, and I was just like a massive input. It took me a little bit, and I had very limited time, but... You desensitize, but I mean, in the end, I mean, you really that's, are that's a whole under a great bracket. deal of stress. <laughs> you know, well, no, you are, you are in a big bracket. No, you know? no I mean, the Isle of Man is something that's like you know, it's it's. I mean, it's incomparable to anything else in racing, actually. Well, I, mean, I think a desert racer has. You're the covered same with thing. a cage. You got you know, you're strapped in. I mean, you know, stuff happens, but you can roll end over end at 100 miles an hour and walk away. But there's scorpions and rattlesnakes. <laughs> that's the thing, actually, like a big long yeah, desert. I don't race. like snakes. <laughs> Just to get lost out there at night and not have the right stuff with you. Actually, yeah, yeah. I just got a text from Robbie who said, You called my bike a pile of shit on the radio. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we did, Robbie. <laughs> it's a great XR. It's just, uh, yeah, we love that bike. <laughs> Robbie, come change our tires. Yeah, Robbie Motor Tire Guys. He's, uh, he's, he's one of our sponsors. He's one of our regular on the wrecking crew. And if you ever need something actually done, you know, he's a great guy to go to. He really tire is. Guy. And you can get yeah. this. Sit done within an hour, which is actually unprecedented in any type of shop. So, nobody does you that. Know, nobody does that. And so. he's been key in keeping me with my seat time, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. All of us. <laughs> so, cheers, Robbie. Yeah, and we did call you by Kapaya. <laughs> oh, but we love It's a great ride. XR for XR. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's really, really fast. <laughs> Let's put so, a turbo on it. Yeah. So, will, you, will you tell us a little bit about uh, Pike's Peak, Wade? Just because I, I didn't really hear it from you personally. I mean, I, I followed you when you were doing that, and like I say, one of the reasons I got into off-road racing was because of this guy Gay Smith, who's like a six or seven-time champion on wow. Pikes Peak, yeah. and he took me for a ride in his car, and I was like, I want a car like this. There you go. Pikes Peak is no a, it's a whole other world. It's a great it's race. Awesome. It used to be dirt, and, and, and there's so many things you could actually say about it. So I ended up racing it on a sidecar. Kind of, I tried. I uh, couldn't get an entry. Got friends that talked me into it, and, and anyhow, the time came around, so I ended up doing it on a sidecar. Not a flat track or not anything else, but this was the dirt years. No, it's oh, it the pavement. totally pavement. Okay. Yeah, I know it's, they totally paid in the last yeah. few years. Which I I really I like them both. It just depends on the equipment you have. So when I originally tried, I was trying to take my original sidecar, and it was both. 
and they said they had six sidecars and they turned me down and then I would have won that race. <laughs> you win most of you enter, it seems it like. Would, it would have exactly. got me hooked. But anyhow, so we got there. Johnny got there first. Johnny and Hans got me into it. It's just it's a different time of year. It's a different entry. It's a, it's a $1,500 non-refundable. There's a bunch of little owls that go with it. It's nice and it's great, but it's different. Um, it runs a num- normal program. You got your 12 and a half miles, whatever. There's a two-lane road that goes up that road, period. And they so they shut it down for you. You got to be there. You got to... Four in the morning or something. Get right? there at three, yeah. four in the morning, sometimes two in the morning. Depending on what section you're on, they have to split the hill into sections so that each person or team goes up there to get to your section they do practice day for three four days um your ch- section changes between the cars and the motorcycles the sidecars are with the motorcycles quads are with the motorcycles but it's a really great event and everything but they're still kind of learning stuff as they go like everything but so you don't get to ever practice the entire run in one spot in one shot no oh, so it's all just sections you have to put together yourself. yeah you, yeah exactly <laughs> you got to put it together um they don't quite have enough radios and turn workers and 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 you only got 12 miles but it's still a great sport event uh the whole bit they try really hard and everything you got 156 corners you can't really do much over a hundred or so um a lot of switchbacks um was what seven hairpins most of the hairpins have a guardrail you see a guardrail get ready for a hairpin no matter what you're thinking it's really hard to really remember all of them you know but you remember a little bit and stuff and um but then stuff can happen and everything so we were watching our our new buddy we got adopted by a i call it a family down the street at the bottom of the hill and we met this guy next to him that was helping him out um ralph was running a corvette and so we were all like on the radio and stuff watching him like everybody else there's a million people watching him. it's his turn it gets down to your turn it's one person on the track and that's you and he made it like 90 percent of the way and then he goes yeah like i blipped it into the middle of the corner and i caught the brake and the throttle at the same time and going into a hairpin with a cliff on the outside and he and he and he slid it into the wall uh-huh. and so we were all wondering for like half an hour is he still there right <laughs> what happened so there's so much great and scary stuff that can happen which is why it's pike's peak and uh, that's always been one of those things i've always wanted to Pike's Peak is about like right after Isle of Man, pretty much. I mean, well, it, it really is. Road, I mean, yeah. back in the day, I mean, way they had the uh, the races over there that were uh, road races uh, somewhere out there, uh, similar to the Isle. Uh, the Irish guys do a lot of that stuff. It seems like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, but, Irish guys got skinny roads, and that little black spot was a driveway. Yeah. You went by it so fast. You guys grew up on the Sunday morning ride. I did my Mines Road, you know, and ran my my my. Uh, other 
uh, areas. But I mean, as far as being a writer, I mean, back in the old days, and we talk about this, uh, we never really had like uh, track days. You know, nowadays, I mean, boy, uh, one of our sponsors here to the Segway Fun Track Days with a Z. Uh, boy, you know, he was just here, August Webber Senior, and everyone out there loves going out with him, and anyone can go out there and learn how to ride, and they're really personable, and they'll actually have a, a really uh, one-on-one situation with you, which is really neat, because you can do a lot of track days, and you're just sitting out there with five other people trying to be fast. These guys take a more personable approach, you know, uh, it's kind of like our guy Evan Arkush from Monkey Moto School, because he's the same way. He's a very singular guy he'll talk to everyone every single person in fun track days all them boys are the same way and uh, anyway uh, they'll be out there at april 15th at thunder hill east and have a great old time so uh talk about that soon anyways so east is the is the old track right well they have two right they have no, a east and west, west now yeah, the west is like, a newer yeah. track and it's, it's who, pretty fun yeah, yeah uh yeah yeah and talking about that they have a big old ass and i'm surprised you, uh, I don't know. I was going to ask you about this. Remember, Wade, I showed you they had this big old, like, dirt course. And and the dirt course. Yeah, the dirt oh, course. It could yeah. be for, like, cars as well as bikes. Have yeah. you looked? At, have you seen that? I, I've seen it. I haven't run on it. When I was up there with Skip Barber, we did the West course, and it was a lot of fun. It's kind of a smaller course. Uh, as, on a car? Yeah, in a little car. Okay, I'm talking about as a racer now that you are an off-road. Uh, uh, well, how can I call you? Are you a rally racer? What, what is <laughs> your badass? Desert racer. I don't know. You're, you're, racer, yeah. you're a racer. I mean, but. Uh, but what would uh, off-road uh, car? Yeah, uh, off-road desert racer. I guess you'd desert say. desert racer. Yeah. I like desert racer yeah, better. Usually, where it occurs. Yeah, Mad Max. I mean, you can go out to Prairie City or something like that. You know, where it's like a three-mile loop. But it's like the you know you, when you're going fast and covering a lot of ground. It's you know it's nice to have a lot of ground around you. Well, that's what you were mentioning, and we were just mentioning earlier is like how fast you going, and uh, yeah, going across them bumps. That's a pretty big deal. And also, uh, we mentioned actually. Uh, during the breaks, it's uh, it's interesting. I always want to have the actual cue uh, camera or recorder on when we have our breaks because that's actually much more interesting than half the time is actually when we're sitting here talking on a mic because it's actually totally like you know no one's listening the conversations we have then are really bitching because I get and to I, interrupt more because I'm not worried about being on the radio no, it, <laughs> well it's, it's just funny it's like and we all have this of a sudden, campfire here that Wade brought yeah and you I, go. you got, yeah, we gotta take a picture around a campfire yeah we need someone with a picture my camera's a little off right now but uh, we got to pay the price. Uh, we need it. somebody to hold the, ca- the yeah, camera. Yeah, but we, we have a great campfire in here <laughs> right now, which is awesome. So we're all sitting around the campfire telling really wonderful stories, you know, which is really, really cool, you know. And, yeah, that being said, you know, Armand is like, uh, when you when you talk about a, a, a suspension, you know, a motorcycle, or we got the Fox, or back in the old days, up front. Nowadays, you can actually, your suspension is really wonderful in a motorcycle. You can't really bitch about it. If you're going fast enough, you send it out to the boys to make it proper. But uh, otherwise, uh, I believe you were mentioning you have two, four, six, eight. Eight shocks then, on this car, yeah. And then do, uh, with the uh, with the steering stabilizer, would that make 10? Well, it's a full power steering, so you don't need a stabilizer. It's, it's a ram. It's a hydraulic ram steering, which has a servo, and then a hydraulic ram steers it. So you don't really feel much shock back through the wheel. So mm. you have to have a robot ram to it, make your it, car work? Well, it's got I have a power steering pump, which goes, you know, 
1500 psi lines go up front to a servo wow. which is basically like a forklift controller you know how they steer forklifts because they have so much weight on them that they need the power and then that goes to a ram which you know makes your wheel makes your tie rods go back and forth so it's meant to deal with intense pressures yeah for sure because you're going up and down and everything else in the world yeah you know, it, it, it gets hot that's for you're sure you're going I mean, fast across mars yeah you know uh, and, and the you know you hit rocks and stuff it's trying to fight the wheel out of your hand and you well, see, for you sure want, that's what i was asking you know are our stabilizers <laughs> and uh um, past that because you know the hydraulics takes care of all that wow yeah it's it's, it's stable as hell i mean it's, it's like you do one finger steer the thing no kidding. Yeah, it's pretty trippy. So what do you have in your wow. mocha machine inside the rig? Inside what now? Inside your rig, you have a mocha machine while you're going across the desert, right? Oh, you mean the GPS and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, there's a Lowrance screen that um, basically overlays the race course onto a GPS file. And you mentioned the blue overlays where you would like to go. Right. Or red or whatever GPS. it is. Yeah. And so basically you can pre-run, which is kind of a big part of desert racing, is to go check out the track first. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you walk a course when you're riding, you know, racing motorcycles, or walk the Isle of Man, or whatever. You know, you see. Well, I had that question. I had it in my mind earlier. Yes. So, how do you get that line first? So you're doing pre-runs. Right. Well, you can do pre-runs, and and in Mexico, it's a very important to do pre-runs in your race car. Well, either that, you try not to beat on the race car as much as you can. And so you build a pre-runner, you know, another Baja Bug or something. But a lot of guys have been going to these new uh, side-by-sides, you know, these like Razors. Or the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because those things are getting so good. Polaris they're as fast as Class 5s now. And you can buy them for 20 grand what? out the door or 30 grand. I mean, by the time they're race ready, they're probably 50 grand. But still, I mean, you know, these things are cheap. You can buy parts down at the corner store, you know, the Honda dealership, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, Interesting. Uh, so a lot actually. of people have gone to pre-running in those, it seems like. You know, whereas pre-runners used to be a big deal. You know, people build these big four-seat crazy cars with Corvette motors and 30 inches of travel that only run on race gas. But, you know, that gets expensive. So I've and seen a lot of teams have so gone towards these side-by-sides. So now you're watching your little, I call it a TV, your little map and everything, and, and they never make a mistake? So you don't go turn right, turn right, and do turns left? Well, um yeah, I mean, that's driver error will happen. But usually, I mean, as long as your files, you know, you try and check out your files first and try and that's, well, part, of, that's part of pre-running, you know. Do, do you have, a, actually, while he's doing that, tight. does he have a map and a fucking compass, too? Well, you know, because there's always the old basics. Right, right. You know? I mean, I've been up and down Baja so many times that, I mean, I kind of, I mean, I know Baja pretty pretty well. I mean, I don't know every bump, but I mean, as wow, far as yeah. I'm not going to get lost. Yeah. Nice. I mean, as far as, you know, I don't know where I am. Um, yeah, yeah. Although last year in the Nora race, we did have a little issue where, I had a co-driver that was uh, partial to the uh, herb, and he kind of missed it, and I made a wrong turn, and he didn't catch it. <laughs> Oops, I, I didn't see that. Yeah, we're supposed How to go far to, did you go I, out? I knew we were going to Bay of L.A., so as soon as we popped out of the special, the, the race stage, the special stage, it was about a half mile before the Bay of L.A. turnoff, so I just automatically turned towards there, and he was just over there doing whatever. And uh, I got about 20 miles down the road, and I see cars coming out from another special si- stage, coming out of the desert onto that road, and I went, no. And so we had to go all the way back and then drive up the road 10 miles and then do that special special state no way yeah and no, i passed a bunch of cars back. so it was like yeah. it was a bummer it put us back to where we were that morning <laughs> you are you are <laughs> i imagine um yeah I, I can imagine that's just i mean balls that, out fun that was one of the things though that made me decide i want to do this with my own guys next year yeah you know what i mean because it's like you, you know by that point you're in it five grand pretty much you take three four weeks off work you know it was <laughs> 1500 bucks to you know enter yeah. the race 
Yeah. Wade and I have been yeah. to the yeah. island. We've oh. had people actually, yeah, we spent a lot of money and things didn't work. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. a really it difficult sucks. situation. Well, it's, it's okay know. if it's oh, your, yeah. per, your fault, then you can yeah. eat it. But when it's somebody else's When you're fault. paying a lot of money and things <laughs> don't work, that kind of oh. sucks. You know? So uh, yeah. if I lose now, like, I only have myself to blame, and I like that. Yeah. Well, uh, that's awesome. I mean, uh, you charge your own rig. And, and I mean, I couldn't have done it without, actually, this guy, Josh, I met down there at that race. He's been with me, and he's, he's won the Vegas Torino, I think, in 2006, the Parker 425 in 2007. He's won um, Mint 400, all this in Class 5 1600s, which are similar, but they're not unlimited cars. They're like 1600cc with pretty much stock suspension. I mean, slightly built, but. So is Josh a professional uh, uh, navigator? Um, he's it sure seems like it. He's really, really good. I mean, well, I didn't that's really, what I'm saying. It seems like you found. Each I didn't other realize how hard it is, you know. And I, th- I thought we'd finish before dark, so I didn't bring my glasses at that San Felipe race. And uh, he got in the car because <laughs> I, I, I couldn't see anything at a certain point. Once my sunglasses were no good. It's better if you drive. And I'm sitting there looking at the. You know, I wasn't that used oh, to the GPS, funny. and I like. I mean, I was pretty much like a mute. Every like, you know two miles i'd say like i think there's a turn coming up and he's like thanks you know? <laughs> <laughs> or he's like you know walking me through everything just telling me punch it you know go 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 you're good nice so really really good navigator and also a fast driver so navigator okay but i mean he's yeah, he's my co-driver awesome. he drove too so he's, he deserves part of that win that's awesome yeah you know i mean uh, i've never been in a in a team situation and wade and christine and uh, wade and rory at some time and there's a couple of folks at the aisle with christine and uh, wade i mean when you get into a situation where the person next to you, you don't really know, and it's, uh, it's um, well, you all got to be in your game, otherwise you're going to do something bad. Well, uh, I can't spirit. imagine that. You know, somebody's you know? spirit makes a big difference at that point, too. It's like, you yeah. know, like I'm pretty, yeah. I'm pretty, you know, kind of action-packed kind of guy, you know, and he's very chill. So he's like, it's all good. It's going to work out, you know, because I get wound up before the race, and I'm worried about this, and he just talks me down, and it's, it's well, very that's, good. Well, it's always nice to have that. that yeah, you know? and you got to find somebody works well on your team you know which is good well yep, yeah that I mean, too. right i mean we were just mentioned last week wade about uh christine was always giving us food so we're properly nutritionized i mean if it's like all those little things that, make a difference yeah, you know huge difference yeah, you yeah. Know? I, mean, I mean you gotta thank everyone in your pit i mean, I mean oh for sure i'm sure Absolutely. you have some sponsors that uh yeah that yeah really and now, you know who's really really good organization and they're called checkers off-road racing team and what they do is they they pit for people that are in the in the club or they'll hire out but i mean like that first race where we lost the servo i mean one of the guys from the pit went over to his personal car ripped the servo out of it put it in my car you know and we kept going yeah i mean no kidding and i think their motto is you're gonna finish this race (laughs) yeah and they're like the sort of like the hell's angels you know like very you know they're very great great group of guys i mean they're back their own very very hard that's so really, really cool. there's a picture of my car in that race. It had a checker sticker on it. And they didn't know who I was, even though Josh is a checker as well. So that's why the sticker was on the car. And somebody was like, who's that guy that's running a checker sticker is not in checkers. You know? <laughs> and then they found out, you know, Josh was with me. So I was all right. But yeah, well, the worst sponsor of that guy. Right. You know, and so now these really guys, awesome. the two of the guys and with, along with the, the president of checkers, uh, off road racing team is, uh, 
a guy named Earl Frazier, and he's running with us in the Nora race coming up here at the end of this month. And another guy named Mike McClintock, who's a great guy, also a checker. So now there's three checkers running with me. So Sweet. Yeah. Nice. So where's this uh, uh, race coming up? Uh, Nora and McClintock. So Nora is... Nora is uh, the one, the Mexican 1000, they call it. It's kind of a classic race, you know, a lot of classic cars. Neat. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's like a rally raid as opposed to like the Baja 1000, which is uh, just one shot, you know. So you go from San... Or you go from Ensenada to San Felipe the first day, San, uh, San Felipe to Bay of LA the second day. You look like you need to take a break or something? No, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just really <laughs> looking at I'm very, I'm just, yeah, I want to hear what you're doing because I'm thinking you, Wade's got a do buggy. You, you, know? <laughs> you go all the way down the peninsula in five days. And so what okay. it is, it's wow. very similar to the Dakar uh, as far as the format goes, Neat. where you have transit stages and then you have special stages which you race so you know you'll come out in sonata on a on a you know a transit stage for 20 miles and you get out in the desert and then it's race stage for you know 60 70 miles and then there'll be you know a little closer up to get you into san felipe and so basically you have a piece of tape on your fender and they check you and you, you have you know at 35 miles an hour that's what they average it at and they have to you have to be at the checkpoint within this certain amount of time yeah and then you take off then you really race wow. and you get to the next one you know what i'm saying it's really fun it's, it's like you know no, some timekeeping, awesome. some gps stuff some and they give you a road book so you gotta match up your miles and it gives you all the information and you're not allowed to pre-run which makes it kind of exciting <laughs> yeah it's like everyone's on uh, theoretical equal footing you know, uh, which is always neat, you know. Cause yeah, that's just, kind of yeah. a cross between a, a, an enduro and a race on a motorcycle. Exactly right. Because, I mean, I've done the sheet iron, and it's real that's similar. Just, oh, mm-hmm. that just is such a great that's thing. That's what I was thinking about. And, yeah. again, the road book is very similar to, what you know, a roll chart, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a neat race, a really neat race. And plus, you run into a lot, of, a lot of the big guys, you know, in the off-road industry, and you know, racing your heroes and stuff. But they're racing weird cars, you know, like they'll race like Walker Evans '86 Dodge pickup that he raced in the Baja 1000 30 years ago, and they've had it all redone and everything. It's, it's kind of, I think Walker Evans did it. He said it cost me 30 grand to build that truck in 1986. It cost me 100 grand to redo it for Nora. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, Wade's been running across that uh, type of a uh, level of a. Uh, uh, I guess you could say competition over there in Australia with all them boys having the big old things. And, and uh, Arma to a certain extent too, right? Uh, Arma's kind of, it's a little different there, but it's the same kind of thing. But Because um, Arma's not involved in Australia. Oh, yeah, but I'm saying as far as the classic stuff. It's, yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all classics. And, and in Australia, actually, um, Doug Chavez, the local hero down there, Lone, he was my my biggest competition when I got there and everything, and somehow he ended up winning. But we came became best buddies and everything. I made friends with pretty much everybody, but we're really best mates basically. And so, like the fourth year in, whatever, anyhow, he loaned me his TZ750 sidecar, and then he said, "You know, I have a Norton." So, and now the next year, you let let us ride the Norton. Nice. And it's like, whoa, nobody on the planet has driven that other than him. Yeah, but, and, but you have to have a certain pedigree to, for people to do that for you. I mean, yeah, which I think you have. We, try, we you tried have to go well. really, really it's fast, and we tried really know. hard not to break it. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm, I mean, I've never seen you break anything other than that one time at the Alamance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, but we won't yeah, talk about that. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, pull, yeah, I pull into the, into the, the, the Crosby 
Oh, you killed another one. Oh, dude. Ow, ow, ow. Yeah. <laughs> I need a beer now. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a short break, and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy some uh, minute work. And, uh, and we have this wonderful new guy that came in. Yeah. Wrecking crew. Oh, Dima's in the house. Yeah, yeah. We'll enjoy uh, talking soon. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Uh, we're at Racers Alley here in the heart of Mutiny Radio and the Mission. Yeah. I'm not trying to impress you with my lights. of mine It don't mean nothing at all It's the fighting It's the lighting You know People just love to play with words People just love to
right, Johnny. Don't you slip up or play the fool. Oh no, ma. Oh no, da. I'll be your golden boy. I will obey every golden rule. Get told by the teacher not to daydream. Get told by my mother. loved them in network myself. I mean, I was always like, uh, yeah, yeah. Fun times back in the 80s. Anyhow, uh, like I mentioned earlier, you know, we got to thank the AFM go- boys out there and the girls, uh, especially Barbara, actually. She runs the show, as our Wade knows, and yeah, yeah, we've met her before, and uh, she might be listening. Anyhow, uh, the next round is going to be here at Buttonwillow, uh, April 13th and 14th with the New Writers School. And then uh, from there, uh, June 29th and 30th. So we got a lot of time here to actually uh, pay back the credit cards that you uh, used up to uh, pay for the first two months because you never know how much a thousand dollars more because once you get the bike out there it needs everything else in between. But uh, yeah, so we're going to have a little break and then uh, from there July as well. I think in between then there's actually a lot of exciting racing going on. I mean, uh, really uh, Wade's doing the armor at the end of the month I believe in May and then 
uh, we got the uh, the Amile coming out there, uh, PRER, yep. right? Mid May. Mid May. Sacramento. Uh, yep, you know, Sacramento. Yeah, he's Look got out the for DTR team one. Ooh. I saw some video of that. It was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah, Arvid, uh, yeah. Um, um, um. <laughs> talking about that, I mean, for our listeners, uh, yeah, what's the DTR1, Wade? DTR1, I built a, I needed a flat tracker. I needed a bike that would do the mile. I, I, I won a, one on my KLX650 and all but killed it. And then now they're newer, they're doing more, and um, couldn't find a twin. Um, I went and actually asked if I could build one. Can I build it? Because it says any bike any year. Anyhow, I found an R1 to build. It's an, it's an 05 R1. That's what grows in my neighborhood. I ride an R1 every day, and I'm in the city, and there's like R1s and stuff. And so, anyhow, I, I found a dead R1. It was a pile of three bikes between one. I kind of talked him out of it because it was race was coming up, and then there was issues everywhere. But anyhow, um, I built this 05 R1. Basically stock. I got 17-inch wheels and everything. And go out and learn how to ride it. Because I've done much harder stuff at the TT on a bike very similar. And I can go around in circles. And I'm sure I can keep up with you guys. <laughs> exactly. Like Arvin said, you know, it's like TT's rough. And, you know, uh, I have a few friends. And they, they do certain things motorcycle riding. And it's like, yeah, TT's rough. You are, you are. Well, uh, it's just it's the factor the, of there's no well, cushion. It, well, there's yeah. also the same yeah. with you. I mean, there's a respect across the board of what type of racing or whatever you do. There are certain things. It's like you're just a certain badass, you know, and then there's a certain line and you across. you go figure like, it uh, out. That's why we, we, we really wanted to, and it's a pleasure to have you here, Armin. Thank you very much. Boy, you know, we wanted to hear here for a while, actually. It's like, how did you get from being a motorcyclist to a badass winning over there down south? Well, and, I, think, uh, I think also part of this. Is because we're up in Northern California, where this doesn't happen a lot, so it's a little more mysterious. Because I'm really not like the, top, the at the apex of off-road racing or anything. You know what I mean? So uh, where you go is they do more of it, and it's a normal thing. Well, yeah, I mean, like everyone has pre-runners and race cars down in Southern California. And but San we're Diego. privateers, so we don't, and you right. still won. So about <laughs> those folks, won. we yeah. are. Race you know, we I'll take it. We don't have tire warmers. <laughs> God damn it, you know. Ah. And then you know, luck has a lot to do with racing. You know, last race I did, I did. I mean, I had certain issues, and ended up being that I was able to have three hours to have the bike cool down, and mathematically, my bike wouldn't overheat in the laps I raced. You are. It was a little backwards thinking, but it worked, and I got. I, uh, I'm in and trying to fix everything, but a lot of racing has to do to overcoming certain variables and problems to finish. And I agree you with know, what you say about yeah. luck, has, <laughs> luck enters into it, but by doing your homework and doing your prep, you can sort of control the things that you can control, so that way that luck you know the things that you can't control are still always going to get you like that thing flying out the hose i mean you're spewing everything right. here and you got it every time are you are you going fix it and bob's your uncle on that you yeah. know what i mean you it, it's and like i say a team like checker is helping you out i mean the guy went over to his personal car ripped it out he can't steer it to get it on the trailer after that you know what i mean exactly he pulled it out of his car to put in our car so we could finish the race yeah so that's, that's racing the, enthusiasm. You know, exactly. Right, exactly. And, he, and he's on the show right now. You can create accolades, you know, and it's like, that's awesome. 
Yeah, I got uh, nothing like, but great things to say about checkers. Yeah, and uh, your your teammate, and every, yeah. everyone, everyone who works for you. You know, that's a great thing when, you know, um, and it's, they do this for a reason. They and it's funny the way, like yeah. the thing, the way things like inter intertwine. Like I found a really nice set of wheels yesterday or two days ago on Facebook. Like the kind of wheels I want. You know, I'm thinking about going up a size and tire to run 35 inch tires all the way around, as opposed to right now I'm running about 32s in the front and 33s in the back. Okay, and uh, it makes the bumps feel smaller because you know the bigger the tire obviously if you're riding a skateboard and you hit a crack in the sidewalk you fall it fall down you know you ride a bicycle you don't even feel it so I'm basically, not a that's skater i'm not one of them crazy kids. and uh, so I, t- I text the guy on facebook i'm like i'll take four of those wheels he had 15 of them or something okay. and then my partner from the nora mike mcclintock shoots writes in right afterwards oh that's my bro i'll just pick him up for you and buy him you know and i'll just bring him up next weekend when we're working on the car you know Sweet. It's like everything just works out better when you're in that community you know yeah so well uh, everyone wants you to succeed right exactly you know i yep. mean uh, it's like uh, there's very few of us you know that we're willing to actually risk and everything else in between and have the belief but uh you know wade taught me this in my youth you know when i first met him it's like people if you have a uh, you know, uh, uh, a benefit or whatever. People will come. You know, I was like, before I was like, oh yeah, I was alone, tried to do something else, but yeah, everyone showed up. People back you, you man. Know? Yeah, completely. You know, and that's what's and wonderful. even your competitors. You, you know, know what I mean? In off road yeah. racing, at least, I mean, it's like yeah, yeah you know, exactly. Your bro, your bro needs yeah, a wheel. Yeah. Bro needs a spindle. I mean, you shoot it to him. You're not trying to keep yeah. him out of a race yeah. because you know, especially you win. if you're there, uh, <laughs> unless you're really slow. Camaraderie, you know, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. uh, Armin, when are you going out next? Um, we start, I believe, the 27th of April, and we run till the 4th of May, I think, or something like that. Between contingency, tech inspection, and whatnot, and Ensenada for two days, and then we'll... Uh, contingency for off-road racing is like this huge carnival like all the vendors come out there's trailers up and down both sides all the all the mexican locals come out i mean like you know twenty thousand people come out well, and they, it's you such know, a great place yeah it's, and, it's and like the aisle there dude and you, you bring know, up stickers and whatever and beer koozies and we, do, we know about stickers yeah and, you know, and they're just so stoked the kids are just like wow and you let them sit in the exactly. car or whatever and yeah to yeah touch exactly. everything and see and the it, technology it's wonderful i mean you're actually a superstar you right. know it's like, it's just like everyone I've been there with Wade. It was like, oh, you are, you know. It was, it was really neat, you know, at the aisle. Then we went to Argentina for a second, you know, same thing. It was just like, it's all about the kids. Oh, yeah. You know, totally. had stickers. And, it's just like, well, well, and I've been that guy for years, yeah. you know what I mean? I've been there like, going right on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. It's you know, really so cool. It's, yeah, it's cool to uh, be, be on the other side of it. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, next time you're going out, uh, it's, it's, this is the Nora 1000, the Mexican 1000, they call it, which is like a rally raid. Like I, I was talking about to you guys when we were off. Nice. It's uh, five stage, five nice days, stage. five stages. You take off from Ensenada and end up in Cabo. And so you go from Ensenada to San Felipe, San Felipe to Bay of L.A., Bay of L.A. to Laredo, and then Laredo to La Paz, and then La Paz to Cabo. And wow, nice. <laughs> it's a rally raid format yeah, where you right. have transition stages, which are just go the speed limit, and then you have special stages, which are off-road where you actually race. And then it's basically combined time. And so your first day's performance dictates your starting position the, the second day and on and on. So the faster you are, the far, farther up. And another side note is in off-road racing, front position is tantamount. I mean, it's really, really important because you get clean air. I mean, yeah. if you have no dust in front of you and you don't have to worry about <laughs> anything, I mean, you know, you're going to be faster. That's just how it is. And so, you know, the, oh, the yeah. farther up the line you start, I mean, that's true in anything because you don't have to go through back markers, but in off-road racing particularly because, I mean, you know, if you're just looking at a white out of dust, I mean, it's tough to go fast. Yeah, desert is just full of dust for those who've never been there. 
Yeah, no, no, I'm sure Wade was, no. Um, yeah, there's a couple of times I went behind him on the R1 over a hill one time, and I was like, all right, all right, Dust, just move over, Alex. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I've never been that type of racer, but obviously you're a rider. That's that's tantamount. It's, you know, you get up first. Even in motocross, I imagine, you don't have to have the tear-offs if you're McGrath back in the old days. Or you, you know, want to be right on their ball. ass, so like the dust can't quite get up yet, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like right in their bumper. Yeah. That's right. Get nice and close. <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't know. You know, I don't know if a lot of other sports are like this, but in off road racing, it's like we have really loud, like police type sirens. You know, so you give them a woo, woo, woo. really, yeah, really, really loud. Like you know, get get everything out of the way. Right, and then yeah. and then you basically let them know that you're behind them, and then if. You know, you give them a certain amount of time, and if there's a pullout and they didn't take it, <clears throat> they call it rabbiting. You know, <laughs> like when we it's flat again this. and they get, and they got a little bit more motor or something, then they run off on you. Then it's like the next time you see them, you give them a little love. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> rub it, it, scrape the pain off. I was just talking about this with Wade about my last race. The fast uh, guys use me in their turbulence a couple of times. Yeah, right. But yeah, if, if they're being, well, bad, I can find some traction there. <laughs> yeah, if they're being bad, you, you hit them. You know, hopefully you don't do any damage, but yep. I run one of those police rubber police bumpers on the front of my car. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. There you go. So, Dimitri, you're in the house. Que pasa? Que pasa, amigos? Yeah. So, what happened? Uh, I hear uh, Rossi won this weekend, yeah? Oh, no, no, Rossi, Rossi basically, in his own mind, he won because he's, he's in second place, and that's a big fucking win for a 40 Yeah, a yeah. Uh, I saw a bunch of pictures. For what? He's an old man of 40? Uh, no I mean, way. he's not really old. I mean, that would make me ancient. You know? <laughs> so yeah. how was that race? How did it work? Oh, fucking great, man. You know, you anytime there's a fucking MotoGP race, it's great. But this year, apparently, it's going to be one of the best, you know, most competitive, I should say, in, it should in, be. in 40 years. Well, I see they're still using them thin wing thingies. I thought they, 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 they got rid of uh, they all still have those things well, hanging out. Right. Yeah, they keep changing the rules. I mean, first it was like, you know, don't don't have the exposed wing. Now it's the closed wing, and then it was too wide. It, it, fuck, I mean, they got the wing on the swing arm now. and all <laughs> shit. shit. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, they like, have a wing on the swing kind of, arm? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a cooling device. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. We'll try anything at this point. Divizioso's wind stuck, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the protest was... You know, basically not to strip him of the win, but I mean, people were like, "Well, this is going to start a fucking wing war now," you know. So, I want to watch. I thought these unlimited class like GP one. I mean, MotoGP ought to be fuck it. You know, whatever you he bring. Said unlimited. Yeah, we're in MotoGP. Oh, sorry, you can't I mean, do that. Literally, in like score the the rule book, it says trophy trucks unlimited. Everything. It's like the rules are this much. It says you need a cage, a fuel cell. Unlimited motor, yeah. unlimited trans. You know, I think that's pretty cool. Class five, kind of same way. Other than the beam front end, it's like unlimited. Uh, the class you're it's in a, is the same way. Otherwise, in the beam front it's end, it's an open. It's an open so you can class. Pretty much do what you want. <laughs> it says nice. must resemble slightly, you know, an older yeah. Baja bug, and it has to have a beam front. And the suspension theory has to be, you know, similar to what Volkswagen put out there. So you can't put a arms on the car. But other than that, I mean, there's the, you know three sentences of rules. So a uh, couple of questions on this. Uh, before we uh, we go here, we got about uh, four minutes left here at uh, uh -oh. Racers Alley here at uh, Mutiny Radio. Yeah. So that being said, you're going out there for a couple of mo hundred miles. Do you carry your own fuel canisters? Um, we we my my tank is like 24 gallons, I think, and and with that little 2.4 liter, I can get about I don't know 200. Uh, we filled up. We had five gallons of gas added, and we you know drove in no problem. So that was 200 miles. We get about eight miles to the gallon. Because you're running the motor pretty hard. 
Gotcha. But, and so uh, we, we can do a couple hundred miles pretty comfortably. So you don't need to carry an extra cell? Um, I don't carry fuel with me, but you have pit, you know, you have chase crews that okay. have fuel for you. And then in your rig, uh, do you carry an extra tire and tools? In I case carry you have something for go sure. Out? Spare tire, I carry spare spindle, carry, you know, you have all your, the tools, uh, all the medical stuff, a gallon of water, you know, power steering fluid, brake fluid, all that stuff. Whiskey. You know, you know two small tubing benders in case brake lines, gotcha. you know, whatever you can fix. I mean, okay, so you have your spares kit. Because yeah. you're out there if a cactus kits your fucking brake line, you can go out there and have to pop up up and it's done for Absolutely. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's really neat. You know, as far as uh, you know, uh, uh, forethought. So when you go out there, you have to you have to deal with the racing in the desert. So it's true. You ain't out there. I mean, you, you have know, a full uh, you know axle with both CVs on it. Yeah. In this next race, because it's a long race, you know. I mean, it also depends if you're wow. racing a 50 mile loop. You know, and you got a crew on one side and on the other side. You're only going 20 miles in between your pits. You know, you might do it differently. And yeah, d- and That's think what on I'm saying. You know, you're focusing no more on lightweight than you are being prepared. But if you're going for like a thousand mile race, you're going to have all your stuff with you. You have to be self sufficient, <laughs> right? And the car is pretty small because it's a liquid cooled. So I have this huge radiator taking up the whole back seat with the fuel cell. So we don't have a lot of room. Wow. So you nice. have to choose wisely. And uh, like we were mentioning earlier, so you're going to be in there a couple of hours. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> what do you do? Do you have a? <laughs> are you eating a banana? Do you have beef jerky? No. I mean, you know, do you have time to do anything? Um, um, you know, when when stuff happens, as it you know inevitably does. Um, you know, I keep a cooler in the in the car. <laughs> gotcha. You know, yeah. But as far so as you can't get there, do you stop? <laughs> exactly. You got to have it's good to keep on, hydrated you know? when you're desert racing for uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I knew the the gentleman that you know was like one of my main partners, Josh Gilliam. Um, that's where my car is now in Santa Clarita. He's he he sold his five car and he has this brilliant garage all set up for it. He goes, why don't you keep it here instead of keeping it in Santa Barbara outside? You know, and I go done yeah but, thank uh, you very much right? yeah i think i think we i was taking off for nora and he goes you want a cold one just to kind of take the edge off <laughs> and I, at like 9 30 in the morning i go me and this guy are gonna get along great <laughs> <laughs> exactly he's like oh yeah brothers oh yeah right on right on you know i want to say thank you very much armand and uh, i hope to see you here again soon or, thank you so much for and, having me alex uh, you know as far as we'll take a picture soon you can always find us on facebook my book on racers alley and uh thank you dima for being here and uh, uh, thank you by Rossi, and we'll talk soon. I just want to say, fellow mutineers, whoever's listening over there, great fucking show. I learned a lot and uh, <laughs> affecting a lot. Oh shit, I'm not supposed to. Yes, I am. <laughs> and I just wanted to throw a shout out, whatever you want, out to uh, Off Road Warehouse in San Diego, who gave us all our uh, work. Yeah, That's a really good deal. And JFK Racing, who redid my shocks. Both really, you know, ten really important things for this next race. And I appreciate and it. Who are they again? Off Road Warehouse in San Diego helped us San out with Diego. all the Heim joints and stuff. And uh, JFK Racing in Apple Valley did the shock rebuild, and he's going to do some suspension tuning with us next week. Awesome. Thanks, thanks, guys, for keeping us uh, you know, racers going. Wait, yeah. uh, got anyone to say hi to? I'll be a Bob's your uncle, and then we're on our way out. Everybody <laughs> in the SRA, Arma. Doug Chavez in Australia and all our friends down there, and 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 many more. But uh, it take too long. And we'll thank talk you, Alex. soon. Thank you, Alex. Uh, thanks, Diva, and uh, we'll see you uh, next week. Uh, well, actually, you'll hear from us next week. You are, you are. Thank you for uh, listening to Racers Alley, and we had a great time. Thank we sure you. did. Thank you, thank Alex, you, for thank putting you, this Armin. on. Thank you, Diva. Thank you, Wade. You are, you are. Cheers. <laughs>
Cheers. Shit that is not hack. You Google it and you'll be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the hard thing is like uh, people have similar ideas. We live in the same culture. You have similar yeah. ideas. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to find a truly original like thought and premise, it. you know? Yeah. It's true. So that's why I, that's why I just, I think the, what I like to do and what I really enjoy is just like keep writing, keep writing, coming up with new stuff, coming up with new stuff, mm-hmm. refining stuff, just playing with it. And then like, just, you know, if it doesn't but work, don't do it. That's you know? the actual work. And I think maybe because you're of a different generation where you do put in the work as opposed to I'm going to do tons and tons of stage time with no plan and everything every word that drips from my honeyed lips is gorgeous I'm going I'm to record everything I'm going to record anything everything and never listen to it again but I don't write anything down because everything is in the moment because everything I think is hilarious and it's like you're lazy but you're not lazy because you're putting the pen to the paper yeah. and working it out and, and coming from a writing perspective as opposed to a yeah there are different ways to do I mean you don't sure. have to write anything down yeah. if you have a That's decent memory you like how you uh, do comedy dictates how you can do comedy yeah. you know what I mean like if you if you are recording all of your sets and doing like uh, following set list like to a T you are not going to be good at fucking negotiating like a some heckly shit yeah. and like right, thrown right. off and then or or, or just pay, paying attention to like what you're doing because you, you get to watch it later. I'll just watch yeah. it later and then I'll know what I'm doing. Yeah, you gotta try different stuff. Yeah, get yeah, out of your absolutely. comfort zone. I mean, maybe like you find the thing that works best for you, but you still do other stuff too. Just yeah, to like absolutely. challenge your mind and like, and the proof is in the pudding. I, that's why like stand up is yeah, like immediate. people laughing. That is your proof. If people mm-hmm. aren't laughing, then you're doing something wrong. But that know? joke worked at the other place. Yeah. What's it, wrong with you guys? Yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah, always, <laughs> well, always you, do that. Blame, blame people. And, and, and not to say that that isn't true. Very little of the time, like maybe, like if you're at an open mic and like it's just comedians, it's five thirty, yeah. and like nobody is listening. Then yeah, okay, maybe in that situation. But if like over half the time that you get up and perform that joke, people don't laugh, that is a bad yeah. sign. Or, or if it worked at the other place and worked here, did you do something different? You probably did something different. And that's possible you know I mean? too. You gotta self-reflect. self-reflect. I think of it like being a wizard. I want to, uh, <laughs> I want to have as many spells as possible, and I want them to work on everybody. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's that's my that's philosophy. A, I was talking about. That's a great. That's a great like. Well, I was thinking about yeah. this. Is like you like. I think the best comedians layer their jokes. They have because who's your audience? You have the drugs, people who are really high. You have the sophisticated people. You have people who don't drink. You know, so you have a variety of people, and you want to try to capture everybody, right? So it's yeah. like you have the little stuff for the drunks to laugh at, and that's really kind of captures mm-hmm. in the moment. You have the bigger picture stuff for the people who want to think about it. Then you have really overarching like threads mm-hmm. that connect everything together. And just like the way like uh, in jokes, I want to give uh, like a pause long enough for the people who are smart to get it before. I say it so they're like satisfied with that but then I'm going to say yeah. it for everybody who doesn't get it and I'm going to say it in a funny voice yeah, so that, everybody's happy yeah that's just what I think now though that wolf. could probably change over time. it's a wolf it's a wolf that's even that's not even a wolf <laughs> so I love Zach's jokes um, well, hey we're, we're going to wrap up here because we have a cool. we have a band coming in next but what, where awesome. are you performing next what's going uh, on with you with I have Jerry a show Evans? at uh, I'm doing Delirium for Warhol's birthday awesome March 11th. I'm on that too. All right. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Have a good time. Um, that's all I have right now. Uh, I just got, I did a contest on, on Sunday at Cobbs. It went really well. So, oh, great. You know, a contest? That, yeah, it was, uh, uh, there goes the neighborhood. Oh, uh, who ever, books that? I can't get on the show. I have no idea to ask to get on that show. Uh, Jimmy a, Earl. I hope he doesn't a, hate me for that out Is there. it a bringer show? Do you have it to, is a bringer show. Oh, I've never show. done a bringer show. Yeah, I don't yeah, have yeah. any, I mean, I don't I, have any friends. I, no one will come for me. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, I think, you know, well, 
not to say that I'm not funny, but I think they also saw that I have a lot of people that I know outside of uh, comedy, so like I could probably bring a lot of people, which I did, uh, which, you know, I wouldn't do bringer shows all the time, but I'm, I'm new. I mean, I, I want to get my name out there. I want an audience. I want people to laugh and to show people that I'm funny, so I'll take what opportunities I can at this point. You Hell know? yeah. I don't think like I could be, at this point, I shouldn't be snobbish about where I perform. You know, it's like, I just want to get on stage and try different stuff for the different types of people and like see what what's out there. You know, you got to see the world before you decide which part of it you want to exist in. Well, let's book you for late March, early April on a Pantastics. Oh, awesome. So that you have something else coming up that you That'd can look forward to. We'll, we'll get that done in the interim. We have a we have a band coming up next. I was at an amazing show um, at Bottom of the Hill. It was an afternoon show. If you ever hear that Subliminal SF is doing a show, a barbecue show, mm-hmm. you must go. It costs only $10 and the barbecue was worth more than $10. Like they had, they had like eight kinds of meat. It was so good. Oh, wow. And there were four bands and one of them was War Bison and I fucking love War Bison. They're local. And Birth Defects, another band that I just love but outside passing around flyers i ran in to a nice man from a band called i'm gonna pull it up here i'm gonna remember it's the it's like the the somethings where is it i don't see the thing and i'm looking for it now i sound dumb uh the uh, they're gonna be in here in a second and then we'll know what the band name is because i am a terrible terrible host but it's not fair i've been i've been burning the candle you're an amazing host oh thanks i've been trying to get people to come to the mutiny radio comedy festival coming up march 1st through 5th it's only a week away the band is called these bastards these bastards are going to come in next and, and talk to me on some call me tim but uh Kelly, this was really great. Thank you for having me. I had no idea, like, your sordid past. You look, I've always, as I've seen you and met you the past couple months, I just saw you as this really stand-up, completely together guy. And not that past addiction makes anyone any different than that. But just, I see you as this, like, like you present really put together. Yeah. So that's unusual for comedians, because usually they're just piles of dog shit. (laughs) I mean, Zach Wiseman was in here, so... No, I'm kidding. I love Zach Wiseman. Uh, That's a lot. But, um... It's hey, because usually, and you're you're nice, well put together guy. Go see Kelly Evans, everybody. Go yeah. like him on. Can they fo- they can follow Facebook, you on the Instagram? Yeah, Facebook, and the f- Instagram, Kel E Man with underscores in between the Kel and the E and the E and the Man. I know that's a where. Lot to where can we see you do your? Where can we experience your sommelier excellence? Do you want uh, to tell us that you want to keep that a secret? Yeah, no, that's fine. I, I work at a wine bar in Hayes Valley called Birba. It's B I R B A. Small little place. It's fun. It's low cost. It's just like we have good food and good wine, and it's not. Like like super expensive so come by we'll that have a good time great monday nights 15 percent off bottles baby yeah why don't you start an open mic there i want to actually it's a little small or not an open mic a backyard a showcase a yeah showcase. i want to do a showcase in the backyard which is really nice pretty large but i'm still putting that together it probably won't like the, the summer, weather when needs it gets to, warmer exactly yeah. but you've got the like time April. oh my god that would be great oh i mean i forgot to mention i'm also hosting uh, watch and learn this saturday oh so. fantastic so i'll be here this saturday and uh yeah hopefully we'll get awesome. funny comedians i'll i'll probably be here too running, <laughs> running your Instagram thank you so much Kelly Evans I, I wish you luck with uh, starting your own showcase that, what, and that would be so great to have a new venue to do something like that especially with like Hayes Valley nothing's going on in Hayes Valley yeah, not that I know of. Yeah, I don't think so. so. And that, and there's tons of people that live there. Yeah. So you have a built-in audience. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. have a, a following at the place too. So you know, yeah. a lot of people are regulars. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, for thank you me, so seriously. much. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, you too, Pam. Uh, everybody, we're gonna bring these bastards in in just a second. Enjoy the weird sounds of um, the our background uh, CD. This is some call me Tim here on Mutiny Radio. We're gonna be right back with these bastards. Mm-hmm. 